This is CliffCentral.com. Hi there, it's Michael Kahn here, and I'm in studio at the CX Innovation and Tech Fest with Brett Lindsay. We are talking about innovation around customer experience and the disruption thereof. How are you, Brett? I'm well, Mike. How are you doing? That was a very formal start to a, to a Futurology it, podcast. It, it was, it was. Um, and when you say studio, it's very loosely interpreted as a big auditorium at the Maslow. Fantastic, though, isn't it? They've <laughs> it given good. us a whole auditorium. I, f- I feel quite special. Um, but, Brett, it's been a yes. fantastic two days here. It has, it really um, has. And, you know, this is an introduction to it, to, to all of our guest speakers who who have joined us in the in our makeshift studio, our outside broadcast. Yep. Um, and, and how have you found it, Brett? It's really insightful. I, I like the fact that there's a lot of local speakers yes. uh, all sharing case studies and use cases from local businesses doing things to impact the customer service area within our country. 100%. And it's great to see that. I mean, we've always known South Africa is a great hotpot for, for innovation. And it's great to have innovation, but it's another thing to execute it and put it into the workplace. And Absolutely. There's great things happening in South Africa. So that's encouraging. And, and inspiring. But, but yes. it's also been quite interesting listening to, to a lot of the comments in the audience. It's really interesting to see a lot of uh, the challenges people are faced around innovation and this world of disruption with technology, Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is really what we're doing here. It's really about the inspiring part of 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 what we offer as 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 a podcast as as an organization for sure getting into organizations and inspiring people to to shift their thinking around that yeah so rather than being afraid of the future start absolutely. embracing the possibilities around that change absolutely and it's really cool uh, the the great thing about customer experience as a as a focus is that it's it's about the people again 100% absolutely so it's not technology led it's not all these things that are sometimes too big to understand or comprehend it comes down to the person it comes down to a real Real need with real people. Absolutely. And we can inspire that change to say, don't fear, embrace that change. Let's uh, go. Absolutely, which is critical. But Brett, do you want to just give us a very brief introduction to what this is all about? Cool. So in short, it's the CX Innovation and Tech Fest where they celebrate people, technology, ideas, and innovations that are literally transforming the way businesses make and keep customers. That's the important thing. So it's one thing to get them, but how do you retain them? Absolutely. And that's, it's, it's around service and, what is the, the big talk around CX and what are we doing innovatively? What are we doing things? But it comes down to the fact that we know the world is changing. Absolutely. Customers are more demanding. Customer loyalty is decreasing. New technologies are constantly emerging. And it's, it's how do you get your market share? As a business that has a huge consumer base, how do you get that market share? How do you attract them? How do you keep them? How do you seduce them to stay with you or even come across from the dark side? And you've got to make sure that it's the USP that you start to have is around customer experience and the customer service. It's not so much low-cost pricing anymore. It's not high-quality product. It's how, what is your brand? What is the combination of all of that? Absolutely. And there's great discussion happening here at, at this. And it's, it's, it's round about how technology has become an essential tool to enable a shift in thinking uh, with business to move more into a CX way of life. And, uh, yeah, it's really great to see it happening here in, in Johannesburg. Fantastic. Well, enjoy this podcast. What we have done is we've changed the format here. So please download this podcast. And the rest of the CX podcasts are available on our Futurology homepage on Cliff Central. Yeah, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we have a Twitter handle at Futurology Show. And you can tweet us as much as you like. And we'll be tweeting out some of the shows as well. So Absolutely. Us. Fantastic. Enjoy. And we're still at the CX Innovation and Tech Fest here in Johannesburg. It has been a whirlwind two days with great speakers, all talking amazing things around 
customer experience, customer Absolutely. service. We've cool had stuff, AI, right? big data analytics. It goes on and on and on. Everything's changed. And it it's has. changing all over again. And it's changing. It's not changing. It's changed. And the, the big thing is how we respond to that, that change. And there's Absolutely. so many great ways to do it. It's not always technology. It comes with great strategy, great, great use of that technology. But the impact after execution is what we're after. Absolutely, but I think it's critical that we understand real time exactly. what is actually happening. And we've got about, some, we've got yeah. some amazing guests. We're getting excited, Joe. I am, I am. We got the brands eye guys. There we go. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm Josh Shimkin. Josh Shimkin and and Nick Ray. Nick Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Come close to the microphones, guys. We don't bite. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Brandside, tell us about who you are, what you do as a company, and uh, how you help your clients understand this big world of customer experience and AI and human thinking, artificial thinking. Sure. So we are an opinion mining company. We use a combination of AI, machine learning, and natural language processing algorithms to gather online conversation, mostly from social media. Yeah. And we structure that data using that AI technology, but then we take a sample of that data and we send it out to actual humans, which we call our crowds. That's right, yeah. And we have crowds in about 12 different languages. And their job is to actually look at each social media mention, a tweet, a Facebook comment, a blog post, and try to decide what was the sentiment of the author. Are they happy or sad? And what level of intensity was there in this? Okay. Are they really pissed off? Are they mildly unhappy? Yeah. And very importantly, what is the topic or object towards which that sentiment is aimed? So, Absolutely. Uh, as our CEO, JP, likes to say, it's very helpful to know that your wife is pissed off when you arrive home. It's much more useful to know what she's pissed off about. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. which, which does help. Now and, I can start to fix something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that sounds easy, but it's actually really difficult um, to it do is. at scale. When yeah. you're a big brand or government or a politician where you've got a couple of million people talking about you every day, how do you make sense of all that conversation accurately at scale? Well, well, that's quite easy. I mean, if your name's Jacob Zuma, you know everyone's swearing at you, irrespective. Yeah. So we know exactly what that problem is. But your human uh, team there, your crowdsourcing team, are, are they busy adding two, two portions of value? One, back to your customers to really validate what is being shared, but also to train the AI that you guys are building and, and, and developing. Yeah, precisely. So okay. um, one of the, the big machine learning loops that we have yeah. is taking the, the accurately verified data from our crowd and pulling it back into our natural language processing in, yeah. engine to for it to be more accurate over time. So okay. the, the best in the world at the moment is about 68% accurate. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I've had this argument. Everyone coming through on the social media yeah. stuff, yeah, we're at 95%, 97% which is impossible yeah. unless they have a crystal ball yeah, look, or they sold their salt to someone yeah. if I say okay. thanks a lot Celsi I loved my three hours in your Santon branch yes. right I said thanks a lot and I loved yeah. and the machine's going to look at that and say you're a fan of Celsi but actually you're being sarcastic and you had a shitty experience and exactly. it was about wait times right mm -hmm. I didn't say wait times and I didn't say that I was unhappy. Absolutely. And that's why machines will continue to get it wrong for the foreseeable future and, and just to add you didn't say that there was a, a laughing crying emoji at the end of your social media post, right, yeah. yeah, that absolutely. puts it all in context, right? Actually, that's a great point. I mean, how much do you guys pick up on the emojis? Well, we've got humans who's, who will see your tweet or your Facebook yeah. comment, and they will look at your emoji in context. And you know, if you uh, posted a picture of an aubergine, they will understand whether you're talking <laughs> about food or something else. You know, okay. and and that's and that's the power of human intelligence to understand yeah, that absolutely. nuance and that context. Yeah, absolutely, which makes it quite interesting. I'm just going through your website at the moment. I'm catching up with Brands Eye. It's, it's great that you guys are doing what you're doing. And I think this is one of the great things about this event is that we're meeting people locally 
and uh, with a global sort of view, but also with a local mindset saying we can actually change things yeah. today here. And something that's really interesting about our approach is that you know our crowds are made up of literally thousands of individuals yes. who are either unemployed or underemployed. And we pay in them in real money, either Absolutely. via PayPal or via airtime or even via Bitcoin, um, to do this work for us. And we actually make a meaningful impact in their lives. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And getting really good, accurate, structured data out of their work. And mm. we actually had a, our kind of annual retreat about a month ago and brought some of our crowd members to come and talk to us. And there were tears. Like there was a lady from Zimbabwe uh, who had mm. come out here, Fantastic. couldn't find work, and she now is gainfully employed, making money, supporting her family as a member of our Brands Like Crowd. So, wow. And she knows more about South African politics than all four of us combined because I'm she's sure. constantly reading yeah. all this information in social and social media. which way it goes. Yeah. So it, it was, we all learned something from her because she had, she went into how valuable um, these insights are to her yeah. because she feels mm. more confident herself living in South Africa, okay. uh, being on the bus, talking to people, making mm. friends, and being very knowledgeable about something that a lot of people you know, take for granted. You know, they, they think that they, by reading the headlines yeah. of a newspaper, they know what's going on, but she's really seeing what public opinion is The saying. true sentiment of and, the people. And, and just her, the way she held herself, I think, is really what struck a lot of us, and it, it really moved us because we could tell yeah. um, how much it meant to her. Fantastic. Yeah, so, so are your crowds South Africans or are they global? Look, they're all over the world. We organize them by language. So okay, you've got that, to be, that was my next question. Right. So you've got to be a competent first language speaker in order to evaluate someone's yeah. comment in English or Spanish or Arabic. So uh, they're organized by we don't care where in the world you sit. Yeah. Um, what we care about is your language competency and your accuracy. So we've okay. got a whole bunch of gamification and checks and balances and machine checks that will check how well you are doing as a crowd member. Yeah, and we'll okay. pay you more if you're more accurate and you're quick, and we will pay you less and eventually kick you out if you're inaccurate. Okay. Um, so it's, a, it's the typical model. You know, it's kind yeah. of like your Uber driver. If he gets bad reviews, he gets... Exactly. 100%. We also use something called a, a statistical consensus model. So we will send each tweet out to multiple members of the crowd. Ah, because okay. say you're a 20 year old student at UCT and you're a member of our crowd and you've got an eight, and there's another 80 year old granny who's sitting out in wilderness. Yeah. Uh, which is actually true. There is one. Um, mm. who's a member of our crowd. Now you might evaluate a comment differently based on your own personal understanding and yes, circumstances. Absolutely. So the way we control for that is sending the, each social media mention out to multiple members. And until there's a statistical consensus, until there's an agreement that this is actually the truth of what the person is saying, it won't be accepted as true by our system. And do you pick up biases as well? Because obviously we all have a cognitive bias. Yeah. It's human nature. We all have a subjective view of the world. Um, do you pick up the biases within your individual communities well, or members? Sorry. We, we train for it, right? So okay. we, one of the hardest parts of doing the job is to understand, to be neutral. To, yeah. to, to truly evaluate what the author's sentiment was. Not what did, how do you feel about Jacob yeah. Zuma, but how did this person feel about Jacob mm, Zuma, yeah. right? And being able to, to put yourself in that person's shoes and understand what they're trying to say is what we train our crowd sure. for. Okay. And it's actually a pretty rigorous process. It's not easy to uh, get in our crowd. You've got okay. to go through a whole training program and pass tests and so on. Will Brett make it? Probably not. Okay, there we go. 
<laughs> Sorry, Brett. I'm scared to say something in case the sentiment is taken. Yeah, yeah we don't have. We've we've got one half of the solution here. You guys are you harmoniously working closely with artificial intelligence Correct. and bots. Yes. And machine learning is going to this all the time. But you also have the human component. Correct. Which is creating a very nice utopian future for all of those that are scared of this coming exponential disruptive change. Yeah. So how do you see that working? Well, you're obviously working with it now, but how do you see that working long into the future, five to ten years? Yeah, look, is no, there's no doubt that AI is going to be a massive disruptive force. In fact, it already is. It I mean, IBM Watson's something like ten times better at identifying carcinoma than, than doctors. Um, but you know what? IBM is never going to be able to provide palliative care to a cancer patient. Yeah. There's no empathy. There's, there's no, no empathy. There's no care, right. really. So there's a category of work, and in fact, a number of categories of work that will become... Uh, well, that are in the unique domain of human ability. Mm, And and that's about empathy, it's about care and understanding and context. And also, the kinds of jobs where you have to pull many, many, many disparate bits of information together um, to try and understand and and evaluate a situation. So I don't think we're going to get robots who are going to be successful ER doctors. Because an ER doctor needs to understand that this person who walked into the thing, they've got dust on their face, they look from a poor socioeconomic background. There's a whole bunch of judgments that that doctor will make that the patient will never see or say mm-hmm. um, that they will need to use to evaluate what the best course of action is. For sure. um, so I, I think it's going to be incredibly impactful on the future of humanity, but we will need to adapt and double down on the things that we are, are really uniquely good at. Okay, fantastic. That's brilliant. I mean, yeah, we've, we've had it many times throughout the podcasts that we've, we've had with the AI bit creativity being a great thing that mm. humans can be a part of, mm. the, the future of living, mm. that we actually start to enjoy a more human existence on the planet because of the things brought about by the enhancements and amplifications of technology. And it's very cool that you guys are not looking or waiting for the future to, to start this change. You're actually adopting and saying, well, look, this makes it better, but we can also add our part. I wish we were, I wish we had started in a more, in that kind of altruistic sense. Yeah, yeah. We're actually just trying to solve a problem. Yes, right. That's how most <laughs> brilliant solutions are made. Right, right. You know, we, we, we had built a natural language processing algorithm to try and understand sentiment and it wasn't good enough. And so we actually had a team of interns who we asked to kind of check how good the algorithm was. And we realized that that was actually something we could scale. Wow. And, and it's taken us about 10 years to build out the technologies and the platforms that manage yeah. that large disparate workforce and achieve a consistent and accurate result. So it's, it's not easy, but it, it, it was something that came out of our, our own problem mm. that we, our engineers just weren't happy with the accuracy achieved yeah. by the machines. Yeah, and I, just was, I would say taking a step back from that, I think, and I was not around at Brandside this time, but hearing the stories, I feel like there was an aha moment where the company realized the real problem was there's this experience gap. Right? Yeah. That people are feeling a certain way, but businesses, organizations, yeah. political parties, not politicians yeah. are not seeing it. Oh, wow. You know? not, they think they're not seeing it. Not that they're it. not responding. They're just not seeing they're it. They're just not seeing it. Wow. And, and I think we had that aha moment to mm-hmm. say, we can bridge that gap. Right? Yeah, so okay. when you look, you can talk about AI, you can talk about a lot of different technologies, but at the end of the day, what Brandsai does is, is manage that gap. Yeah. And we do it exceptionally well for companies and large organizations that have Tons of online conversation, mm-hmm. yeah. have no idea how to uh, ingest it yeah. and actually make actionable business decisions using yeah. it. Right? Yeah. So we work with clients every day who are losing customers and don't know why. Okay. Right? 
And social media is just a very convenient data source for us to start applying this methodology, right, to start answering those business questions. Now, at some point, algorithms will get good enough to yeah. do this without a human crowd, but we're not there yet. And every time someone thinks that they have predicted when that will happen, no. they are wrong, right? <laughs> so we will wait and let them be wrong for a long time because uh, we have a system that is really working and we're yeah. really proud of it. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah I, I, th I think uh, I agree with your point there and, and you, you, you've been working on this for about 10 years, but your, your challenge comes in is where you, when you look at what Google, for example, can do around sentiment analysis and the, and the resources and the capacity that they can throw at it. So if you were starting this now, it would be a darn sight easier. And, and the ability to scale that problem is a lot easier today. Mm. And, and it's coming faster than I think, th th think you're sharing with us. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right. I think it is coming fast. Um, the challenge is, again, that uh, when you look at, say, a very big and common language like English. I yes. think, the, I think the, the, the natural language processing engines are, are getting pretty good. You know, we're talking yeah. 60, high 60%. When you try to look mm. at a, at, at Swahili or yeah, for sure. one of South Africa's 11, yeah. because the, the trick with the NLP work is that you've got to start again. You can't use what the machine has learned in English yes. and apply that to, to Afrikaans. To Afrikaans yeah. So the just, just, just ask my wife. They try to do, use that for Afrikaans at school. All right. Mm. Yeah, you know, for yeah. the homework. Yeah, and yeah. they just like Google Afrikaans. Well, anybody that's ever tried to type a French word into an English keyboard on a right. thing, yeah. Yeah. that's the beginning of that problem. So yeah. the, the, the problem yeah. is bigger, particularly when you start getting down to local language and local no, dialects and so on. Absolutely. Um, 100%. And look, but, but brands are probably brand size most intrinsic value is not actually going to be our revenue or the kind of work and, and that we're doing for clients, but it's we're building up a massive database mm, of structured human conversation that can be used to train the AI. Yeah. Exactly. Right? That, that's it. That, that's 100%. it, right? And, and so, so, yeah, we're actually, in a way, hedging against that future. Yes, yeah. mm. absolutely. Um, we're at the CX conference. Can you share some great uh, customer experience stories from what has come out of Brandseye? Sure. Look, we obviously have to think a bit about our clients' confidentiality. Well, of course, but, yeah. But, um, it was um, this guy who had this problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, um, I think an example of something that we've been working on quite recently, uh, we've been doing a massive project for Sky in the UK, the big okay. uh, Sky's kind of the Nuspace of the UK, right? Yes. Owns a lot of media um, and mobile and broadband and so on. And they get about 2 million mentions towards yeah. them every month. Um, okay. And we saw that they got a lot of flack about the fact that they removed Game of Thrones season one through four just as they launched Game of Thrones season seven. And I think uh, that someone up there thought that was a good idea because, you know, it's season seven. If you haven't watched season one to four, like where have you What's been? What's the point? Yeah, yeah. What's the point, exactly. right? But actually there was a huge amount of people who hadn't and wanted to catch up. And, and so there was an enormous backlash on social media about this. We were able to help them quantify yes. the scale of that problem. That's right? an important point, yeah, the scale is, of it. Yeah. And, and from there, they have then begun an, a negotiation with HBO, who's the licensing That's holder, right, yeah. to bring back those seasons onto UK television so that they can meet their customers' desires. Another example... We were doing some work with a very large telco here in South Africa, mm. and we kept on seeing that a particular branch uh, of theirs was getting bad feedback 
a lot from customers. And we kept on highlighting that to them in their monthly reports, and nothing was done until one of their customers actually took out a massive billboard above the... the and I don't know if you remember the story. <laughs> yes, it was in the news. Yes, yes. I took out a massive billboard complaining about their customer service. It took that to get them to do something about it. Okay. Um, but actually, we saw that in our data a long time ago. Yeah. A more positive story, one of our, our great success um, stories is Capitec. Capitec had been a client for us for a very long time. And, yes. and we all know they are destroying the local banking industry, you know, um, They've just passed Nedbank as in right. terms of size. And they put that down to them delivering superior customer service. And not just yeah. on the, the kind of top end, but just getting the basics right. Yeah. And they use our data on a daily basis cool. to make interventions to improve the lives of their customers. That's wonderful cases. Thanks for sharing. And uh, some of the other things you guys have got on your website says you were accurately able to predict the outcome of Brexit and Trump's victory. Yeah. Uh, um, no, that's pretty cool. I mean... I would have wish I'd spoken to you guys before. Uh, we probably would have saved some some investment pro- problems. But uh, yeah. it's great to see that you guys are actually testing it against playful options as well, things that are happening globally, uh, as I, well as real world or real client problems. Yeah, look, uh, that wasn't playful at all for us. You know, well, you guys was, actually, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where um, are we going to invest? Well, look, <laughs> both of those projects were things that we did it on our own to oh, prove yes. to prove the value of our technology. Yeah, and. You who know, was listening to that outcome, though? Who was who were you doing that for? Then? Well, we were doing it for ourselves, yeah, really, yeah. to to show that we could. And we look, we were thankfully shoved onto the world stage from a media perspective. Okay. Um, you know, our CEO called both of those events on the BBC and on CNN before they happened. Yeah. Um, which I'm glad to have as the marketing guy as a as a video snippet <laughs> I can show. Yeah. Um, but it was a big deal. I mean, it was kind of heart in throat moments for us to to make that yeah. call yeah. on the BBC. Um, but it demonstrated to us that, first of all, social media has come of age, right? You can actually, a lot of the pushback we get is, is social media representative of the population, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and look, if you're talking about Chad, it isn't. But if you're talking about the UK, it broadly is. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, we didn't just get the Brexit number right. We actually got it down at a city level. I wow. think we got 20, 19 of the 21 cities correct, okay. right? And... Even up north, where a lot of the view was the elderly population in Brexit had, had kind of had voted to, to leave, mm-hmm. um, we, we kind of called those northerly cities correct as well. So for me, that's a demonstration of the power of this kind of opinion mining outside of the commercial world and into the political and governmental space. Just out of that process, were you able to determine why people wanted to leave Brexit? Because you, you've, you've predicted the outcome. Right. But to your earlier point, Why? So, so that's where we talk, start talking about topics, okay? And topics are trying to understand the why behind the feeling. And yes. We only did sentiment level of analysis. Okay. Because it's costly for us to do topics. No, right? 100%. Um, so we just did sentiment level, level analysis with both the U.S. elections and the Brexit vote. Um, so no, we don't know why. Um, okay. Uh, but, but it is possible to understand. It is, yes. Okay. Fantastic. Well, Josh and Nick, thank you so much for your time from uh, Brandseye. Thanks Uh, very much. Where can guys find you online? www.brandseye.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time and enjoy the rest of the uh, conference. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that was fun, Brett. I enjoyed that chat. It really, really was. Fantastic. And uh, that was just one interview of so many great speakers here at the CX and Innovation Tech Fest. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, if you liked this uh, interview and you liked hearing all the thoughts and uh, future explorations then there's more 
There is. There, it's, it's on the Futurology uh, CX page. Yes. So please go and find those on there. Also on iTunes. And, of course, if you want to be inspired within your organization, drop us a line because what you've experienced here, we're quite happy to come and set up a framework within your organizations because the inspirational part of moving beyond the disruption and, mm. and, and the challenge of technology is important to you. So thank you, Brett. I've yeah, enjoyed thank our Thank you, time. Michael. This is CliffCentral.com.